Welcome to Engineering Stories, a podcast presented and produced by Silver Fox and the Institution of Engineering and Technology. This week's guest is Mohanad Ismail. Mohanad is a goal-orientated individual who shares with us the 10-year-old goal he gave himself back in 2008. One of the final goals on this list was to become a chartered engineer. As well as being academically driven, Mohanad is also a keen basketball player. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to Engineering Stories. I'm Alex. I'm the head of R&D here at Silver Fox. Um, and I have a electronic and electrical engineering degree from the University of Bath. And alongside me today, I have Nicoletta. Hello, my name is Nicoletta. I am a second year also electrical and electronic engineering at the University of Greenwich. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. And our guest today, um, he's been difficult to get hold of, but we finally managed it. Mohanad Ismail. Mohanad, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, well, my name is Mohanad Ismail. Um, I'm a, I am an engineering background as well. Um, uh, my, my, my degree, my first degree is in electronics. So I'm a little bit of a techie. Um, so some people like to call me a geek. So I wear <laughs> that hat with pride. So, um, so a little bit about that's, that's my background. You say you've got your first degree was in electronics. Mm. Have you got a second, a third, a fourth, a sixth, a seventh? Eight? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, my um, my my academic uh, journey was a uh, was quite interesting. Um, I didn't plan it to be the way it kind of turned out to be, but uh, nonetheless, it made me who I am. So. Um, I suppose I'll, I can kind of go back to where everything started. Um, I grew up in Ireland, uh, so um, I studied in uh, northwest of Ireland uh, and the west of Ireland as well, um, where I spent my uh, secondary school. Uh, I spent my secondary school in Manor Hamilton and Galway, so split between the two. Wow. Um, you can and, tell by the um, accent, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it comes out every now and then. Um, and then I went, and then I moved to Donegal, um, where I started uh, at Letterkenny Institute of Technology. So I did uh, an, an electronic uh, engineering uh, degree there. Um, and then I followed that up with uh, an embedded system design degree. Well, so at Letterkenny Institute of Technology as well, and then um, I wanted to broaden my horizon, uh, just kind of see what's outside Ireland, I guess. So um, you know, hyping myself up, you know, preparing my bags, and you know, making this big, massive, international move uh, for this uh, 21-year-old person. So I jumped on a plane and I came to Edinburgh. Wow, that is far. That is... <laughs> as far, right? <laughs> so um, I did a I did an electronic computing degree there. Again, uh, things just kind of uh, lined up for me, and then I followed that with a master's in digital systems. Um, so quite a bit of my academia in the past have been in, around that kind of technology space, um, which is quite fun. Um, and now I'm uh, I'm just on the verge uh, of completing a postgraduate uh, qualification in leadership. So, wow. so, so I've lost count. Is that level. six? Well, this, uh, I'm not, I, I don't count it. <laughs> <laughs> I just take it as it comes. 
um but yeah as i said it wasn't anything that i planned um it, i just kind of so happened to fall into it uh, uh and i just kind of made the most of the opportunities um one thing i do like about having such a varying background from this academic side is that i got to see the i got to experience the different uh sides of uh technology mm-hmm. and engineering side of things you know um i was coding uh i was wiring you know i was programming i, I was doing it all uh, and i experienced it all different languages uh, and um and also the leadership side of things so it gave me that kind of wider wider perspective and really it made me appreciate engineering and um to what it really is uh, it's not just one mode of engineering it's a collective and no matter how much you think how big you think your engineering field is it's actually much bigger than that okay let's 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 go back a step further um only because i feel like we've missed it um you went to you went to school in ireland um yeah. so what triggered the uh this this uh i think we can call it an urge a um an addiction to learning uh, <laughs> to keep going back and doing more engineering yeah i mean well i suppose i can tell you about why i got into engineering first and then and then i can kind of touch on to that um engineer you know i, I wasn't I, I, my parents are in the medical field so i had no engineer to look up to um i just had doctors mm. um so already it's at the norm right uh, going to that engineering world um but what did trigger it uh i remember now uh i still remember to this day when i was i think it was like five or four years old where i wanted a remote control car right it was a toy like we're in the 90s in the mid 90s here we're talking right so remote control yeah. cars were the thing and they weren't even like wireless right you still got a cable onto it um but i did I, uh, and i remember i didn't get it i, I don't remember the reason why um but then ever since that day i just had this urge that you know what i'm gonna do it someday right i, I didn't get it then I'm, I'm gonna do it so when i came down to uh applying to uni um uh be, me being from kind of an academic family um i saw that as the opportunity where i can uh where i can actually go and exercise it mm-hmm. uh and 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 um and grab uh, and hold on to that opportunity really and go and build my remote control car so i got into electronics so um i went in uh, <laughs> i built my remote control car three years later <laughs> um and it was a, it was a really good one too uh, i put big rims and everything so i, I went all out and, and leds and and this time it was wireless so I leds got, yeah back in the day LEDs. they were expensive 2009 leds were you know yeah, they, yeah. They're, not, they're not the same as now you know it was a big deal for us um so I achieved it, and then ever since then, I was I just kind of had that hunger for just wanting to learn something new. I knew that that wasn't my final stop, um, mm. right? I got what I wanted, but there was something missing. Um, so, but I didn't know what it was. Um, so, and then naturally, I like learning. I like learning about things, different, uh, different fields. Uh, I'm a curious George, as they say. Um, so. And then that kind of naturally mapped itself into my academic life. Mm. Um, uh, and then I continued on. Uh, and I was actually considering doing a PhD until I kind of uh, stopped myself. <laughs> you were like, yeah, 
the, the 12 <laughs> the 12 degrees that i've got already that that counts <laughs> that's almost a phd uh, um but i tell you i'll tell you one thing though um in doing it i never counted it i never thought about it mm. you know when you do it you just do it you know when you kind of put your head down uh if you ever had to write an assignment you kind of put your head down and you don't know how many words you've written right until you're actually done and then oh. you look back, you're like, oh, hold up a second. I yeah. actually wrote 3,000 words. Or it, it was the same Or 100. <laughs> or five. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that, that was it. I, I know it's a long way to get to the answer, but yeah, hopefully yeah. I give you a bit of context. Brilliant answer. With so much information that you have and you have gathered and accumulated, must have been so easy for you to go into the industry, right? Or was it a struggle? Or yeah, um, well, I, I would say it's 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 the latter. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't easy getting into the industry. It wasn't easy getting my first job. Uh, believe it really? or not, um, I had a. I struggled quite a lot. I sent so many applications, so many CVs, uh, uh, so many emails. I still have my <laughs> my inbox from when I finished uni in Edinburgh. Um, you know, nothing but rejection emails or, uh, you know, good luck with the future and, you know, maybe. So, no, it wasn't easy. Um, being in the right place uh, at the right time, I think, had a big part to do with it. Maybe I wasn't in the right place at the right time. Uh, but the opportunities weren't there. Not for me, anyways. Uh, um, so I think that's uh, that's kind of been a driver for me as well. Uh, some of the stuff that I do today uh, is influenced by that. Um, uh, I think there is an element of uh, the, the environment that you're in. Um, there wasn't any uh, organizations or companies where I seen individuals that kind of look like me that i can like they were there that understood uh you know my journey um so so yeah so it, it wasn't easy believe it or not um and and, and i experienced that stuff to do to till um recently but then again i i don't think it's any fault of anybody i think we have when you're trying to apply for a job uh, you know with hundreds of applications going in mm. um trying to process that one by one and having a person process that for you one by one it's not the most sustainable way uh, so and i think sometimes uh, being automatically filtered out or receiving an automatic rejection email because you didn't meet a certain criteria uh, it, you know comes into power and, yeah. and i think that's the kind of the frustrating bit i remember when i was looking for my first grad job um I applied, I mean, I applied for pretty much anything that was going, to be fair. Um, and I got a job that I was really, really loved. And about eight eight or nine months into it, I uh, I got a rejection email from a job that I'd applied to almost a year prior and had completely <laughs> forgotten. You said you struggled, you struggled to begin with to get a job. Do you think that was was down to, to you or to the companies you were applying for? Was it down to your applications? Or was it, do you think it was just the time of what was going on in the world so i graduated in when i finished uni um when i finished finished uni <laughs> uh it was 2013 um 2013 2014 one of the two okay um yeah. so it wasn't that far off well i say that that's almost 10 years isn't yeah, it? yeah that's that's oh, when God. i started i don't want to <laughs> <I don't wanna. laughs> so, oh time flies um so 
so I, I don't I, I think it was again I, I, I was applying to um, I think it's a bit of everything to be honest I don't uh, you know, it's not fair for me to say that, oh, it wasn't my fault. Uh, you know, maybe I didn't mm. submit an application right or anything like that. But when you submit hundreds of applications, you know, you, you, something needs to be, uh, uh, you know, something is something is there. Um, to give you an example, I was in Edinburgh at the time. So I was looking for jobs around Edinburgh. I yeah. didn't really want to leave. So, I was, you know, just the Scotland areas around that side. Uh, any, anything in Scotland uh, will do. <laughs> Yeah, anything in Scotland will do. It's fine. Well, uh, I started off with Edinburgh, you know, Edinburgh, Edinburgh and then you, you know how you, you slowly increase you start, the radius. Yeah, yeah, then you slowly increase that radius. Yeah, my first job was in Birmingham. <laughs> That's quite. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could have been the other way and been like Iceland. Yeah, so uh, so um, I, Birmingham. I said uh, it was in Warwick. Actually, it's not that far away. But uh, I ended up moving to Birmingham. Uh, for my first uh, my first career job so you know and 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 that was every day i was applying for a job every day because yeah. you know how it is it's like a full, it's a full-time uni, job applying for a job it's um, a full-time and you, and you have to keep a part-time job uh, yeah keep to, a part-time yeah. job to sustain yourself so um so yeah so that was a you know and i still remember to this day though when i got my first uh, my first job uh, my first career job i was really really happy um i um my first job was with Talent uh, Technology Services, so they're, mm. they're based out in Warwick, and um, it was a it was really good news when I when I got it. Uh, I still remember I was at an all you can eat buffet when I got the email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, they're worth places to be. So you, you know that meal turned to a celebratory meal. So what cuisine? <laughs> what cuisine was it? Um, well, it was uh, it, it was a, it was a worldwide cuisine. So was it was it Jimmy's? Uh, no, I, I forgot the name of it right now. Uh, I said I, I know. I know a, there, there's there is chain of, of Jimmy's all you can eat world cuisine, and it's there the, is it's the saltiest food you will ever eat in your life. <laughs> all they want to do is fill you up with water. <laughs> well, that's the trick, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, well, I've I've um I've learned the trick for for all you can eat uh, buffets now. Um, well, first of all, never order fizzy drinks. Right? So that's a trick. That's, never that's ever order tip. fizzy drinks right and get water but sip your water right there you go okay right you've heard it first you've heard it first you fill your stomach with food and then you know the water just kind of uh you know it just tricks your taste buds right yeah yeah you've heard it here (laughs) first there are there are all you can eat restaurants quaking in their boots now (laughs) so um so yeah, so, so so that was my um when i when i had my my first uh job offer but yeah but that it meant I had to relocate all the way from Edinburgh to to Birmingham for that. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what, uh, what you know my interview day. What was that like? Uh, let's just say I had a really early morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we are curious. Yeah, um, I think what was it? My interview day. Bear bear in mind, you got to to kind of paint the context here, right? Um, so I, I, even though I grew up in Ireland, uh, um, I'm originally from the Sudan. So I lived in, I lived in, I, I go to Sudan for summer holidays, um, and I and I was born in Saudi Arabia. So and Saudi Arabia was the other country that I've been in. So those were the three countries that I was ever traveled to. I've never been anywhere else up to that age. Um, so when I came to Edinburgh, Edinburgh was all I know. Um, 
and I didn't know how the things worked. You know, you're just a graduate. You're in that kind of safe environment where you learn. So um, when they booked me for the interview, uh, um, when they booked me for the interview that day, I was so excited that I was like, okay, you know what? I can't, I can't wait to go. So the interview was in, if I remember, it was on the morning, I think around 10 o'clock. And I took the half one in the morning train from Edinburgh <laughs> wow. to get me to uh, to my interview place. Um, and uh, yeah, I stayed awake, uh, you know, with the excitement of your first job, you know, you can't really fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but if you tell me, will you do that now? I'll uh, probably say no. no. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but, but that just kind of just shows you the extent of when you get rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection even crossing the country right you appreciate yeah right? and now with that being said that doesn't make it okay that you constantly get rejected and i think that they, you know we should work better as a engineering industry and try and figure out why a lot of people get so many rejections and in some cases where people get rejections with no justifications that doesn't help anybody does it yeah, um, hiding behind the volume of we've had loads of applications so we can't answer individual queries um, <laughs> yeah those emails they are yeah. they're, pr- they're pretty soul breaking especially especially I've been interviewed I've got to the interview stage of jobs before um, yeah. and got rejected I mean it's fair enough I, I wasn't right probably wasn't right or what they were looking for you know I can't can't fault that but then they hide behind the we've had loads of loads of interviews that we can't so we can't do it like there were four people in a room surely one of them can give me some feedback um anyway on the good on on the plus side um you do currently have a job right yes yeah yeah so do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah yeah i mean so i have a couple of hats on actually um but i will say um you know uh, i've been i've been quite fortunate to to have the jobs that i've had up to now um from my time at Talent, which was fantastic, I enjoyed every bit of it um, till till now. So I work uh, I work at WSP. Um, uh, I'm based here in in Birmingham. Um, WSP, for those who don't know, we're uh, an engineering consultancy firm, um, and my primary focus uh, is within the ITS, which is the Intelligent Transport uh, side. Uh, of things um, what we call the ITS department um, so yeah so I've been here for a little under three years now um, my work is mainly focuses on uh, the improvement of um, safety road safety right so for the users but using data um, so at the moment mm-hmm. uh, I work with the European partners um, uh, with public and the private side. Uh, within the private side, I work with vehicle manufacturers, so the likes of BMW, the likes of uh, Volvo. Uh, you're, you're, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners are aware of uh, aware of car brands. I hope they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, <laughs> and um, and uh, on the public side is just transport authorities across Europe, uh, including the UK as well. So, um, so when you mean transport bodies, do you mean things like people like TfL, or do you mean councils? Or? Yeah, um, I mean like people like the Department of Transport, um, but the equivalent 
in, in different in countries. countries. Yeah. Yeah, in other countries, and 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 the whole idea here is to bring both these parties together, and um, enable the facilitation of data. Uh, to improve the safety on the roads. So, for example, if a, if a car breaks down, um, wouldn't it be nice for the car to actually tell the road authority that it broke down, right? Um, mm. Because that's the kind of data that, you know, we have available, the cars can pick up. Yeah. So it's just making that connection and making that link. So, um, so, yeah. so Mohan, are you the reason we're all going to have speed limiters in our car from 20, Absolutely not. 2023? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, th- I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all going to... Any new car after, I think, I think 2025 is going to have to have a speed limiter in it. Um, um, no, that, 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 that's not me. I don't, I don't touch that. <laughs> I Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think it's great, but um, yeah. that we do need to fix the road signs, specifically in the UK, and I think more even more specifically in London, because a lot of them are facing the wrong way. So the count ca- because I've got like a speed sign recognition thing in my car. The amount yeah. of times it picks up the wrong speed limit of like a side road because it's facing, it's facing the way you're traveling. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that needs but, to be fixed. Yes, I mean, so so the hope the hope is it uh, the hope of what I do. I, I mainly focus on safety related traffic information. So, um, d- d- data that uh, that um. You know, information like car accidents, for example, mm. uh, a car breaking down. So mainly those kind of uh, uh, those kind of cases. Um, but yeah, but in the ITS world in general, absolutely, that's what the community, the wider ITS community, is looking to do to improve uh, to improve that kind of service and um, you know to make the drive uh, more enjoyable and safer for the yeah. drivers. Um, so yeah, so, so that's kind of my uh, that kind of head. Um, but within WSP, I do quite a bit of uh, bit of things as well. So um, I work quite a bit with uh, with our colleagues in um, in India. So uh, I have a what we call a um, ICRC hat on, uh, which is our uh, global. Uh, uh, staff who are based in India, so I do quite a lot of people engagement and working okay. with them, working with uh, with us here. Um, you know, I'm I'm in that inclusivity space as well, uh, ensuring that kind of everybody kind of gets that fair treatment. Everybody, uh, everybody's voice is heard equally. Uh, so, um, yeah. So there, there's quite there's quite a lot going on in my head, uh, and, uh, and there's quite a lot of has that I have going on sometimes I I don't know which one I have on which one I don't have on so um yeah but, is, but kind of the list goes on is that tough navigating I, I don't think not necessarily it's not tough because doing it is not tough because it almost became second nature mm. right so doing it becomes tough I suppose it's uh talking about it <laughs> right um you know talking about it it's a different thing because now you got so many things going on, you gotta articulate it out and things like this. But um, I suppose doing it, I've kind of trained myself from a very young age uh, to see the bigger picture. And whatever envi- whatever environment that I'm in, I'm in, I learn about it, uh, and I make sure that I do good by everybody and for the greater good as well. So um, I don't, it's not difficult juggling it. Um, uh more so than 
talking about it. <laughs> Silver Fox proudly supports engineers with all their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer has the ability to print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for the engineers out there in the field. For more information, contact sales at silverfox.co.uk or call on plus 44 01707 373727. You mentioned that you have dealings with the guys in India. I think you called them the IRC team. Uh, we call them the ICRC. ICRC. Yeah, yeah. They're our ITS India colleagues. How 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 is it dealing with that cultural difference? Because do you think do you think your mixed background has helped? Absolutely. Um, so, again, as I said, uh, I have quite a diverse background. I'm, I'm very fortunate, actually, to, to, to be like that. Um, I suppose one of the things that I do want to say as well on this, uh, and there might be some of our listeners uh, might, might kind of um, relate to this, but as I said, I, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Um, I, you know, spent the first couple of years of my life there. Uh, I then moved to Ireland. Uh, I'm, I'm Sudanese, right? Um, I speak Arabic and I speak English. Um, you know, uh, I, I and now I live in the UK, so I got to have a quite diverse background. And you know, when you're in that kind of, when you have that kind of life, again, it comes down to the appreciation of all these different perspectives. So, your question, how do I find the cultural elements? For me, it feels like home. Hmm. Right. It, it, it's not anything new. It's what I've experienced all my life. Um, and actually, it's it's quite refreshing. I actually enjoy experiencing, experiencing other people's cultures. Um, the, you, believe it or not, there is um, there is a there's beauty in, in, in recognizing other people's uh, point of view um, and uh, it, wor- working with them. Um, I think we. Uh, uh, we are doing fantastic, and uh, as a company, we we, we are really um, really embracing that right now. Um, mm. And uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a for me, it's, it's just a natural, it's a natural fit. Um, and a bit of a for anybody who wants to know what my name originates from, actually. So my name in Arabic is Muhannad, and Muhannad um, is coming from the word. Uh, uh, Hind, which is India. So. Oh wow! So it's, there yeah, is go. there so. is some nice. I think the word serendipity to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think wow, that's that's quite yeah. almost pre-planned. Uh, well, it's it's a match made in heaven. I didn't plan it, but I no, kind of no. some, someone someone somewhere is is, uh, is playing some games. <laughs> so so yeah, and and and. and, and being in this role as well, that, that, that kind of felt an accident as well. It wasn't something I was going to look at. The more I think about it now, actually, a lot of the things that, a lot of the roles that I've been in, they just sort of happened. Um, and this is no different. My my first job, as I said, um, it was a, it was in the rail industry. I never got on a train until I was, I think, like, in my well, probably till your interview. 20s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't far off. I think I had one train ride before that. <laughs> So, um, you know, and, and I fell into that by accident. Um, so, uh, and I enjoyed every, uh, you know, I enjoyed every time I had there. Um, 
and this again i fell into a bad accident working with people from different cultures and i kind of for me sits uh it's 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 natural it's a natural feeling it's a natural fit so have have you felt that that comfort natural feeling in all in all of your jobs or have you had any of your any of your jobs been like i'm out of my depth or this isn't right fit um i think well i think in every job i had a natural fit right because um every, every job that i take naturally that i would naturally gravitate to they, they would um otherwise i wouldn't be there for so long right hmm. um so but i think we're also uh, as human beings we're developing creatures right so we kind of change we uh, uh, we evolve we, we learn we develop um and uh in, in, in certain in certain circumstances that natural fit it can still be there but the um, there's hunger for more right mm. so um i would say yeah i had natural fits um in you know in all my jobs um but i think as time goes on as i evolve uh new new up op- new areas that i want to kind of develop um you know encourage me to kind of to move forward hmm. um well we're not including including your current job um because obviously that's the answer did you have a favorite or uh, a favorite industry to work in so i can't say my current job well you can say your current job but <laughs> well if, if you want we can take it off the record <laughs> and uh, you can tell us the truth um no to, to be honest i can't i um you know as much as as much as i'll say that yeah it's been hard for me to get a first job um working in the rail industry and now in the transport industry i have no regrets uh, I, I i i've enjoyed it from the start like i've learned a lot so that, you know you can ask anybody what do they like what do you measure enjoyment right for me i have a measure for it if i'm learning something if i'm developing that for me is enjoyment mm. right so and i've gotten that from all the jobs that I worked in and all the uh, the, the industries that I, that I've been in. So I've um I'll say as a collective all of them have been uh they've been up there during whatever time um but I th- I think in general my favorite uh yeah I, I think yeah I can't, I can't really separate them they had like different uh, they have different pros and cons what would be the proudest moment for you was it was it linked to your career or maybe in university um so i mean yeah i, I have different proud moments uh, i suppose in my career um well for me it was a proud moment because i've i've been holding it in for quite a long time so in 2008 when i finished school i, I kind of set myself a goal a 10-year goal uh and that 10-year goal yes become an engineer um and uh and at that become a chartered engineer um uh and that was that was my 10-year plan um now my <laughs> my naive mind at the time <laughs> thought it will be quite a straightforward process you finish uni and then boom you can become a chartered engineer but, <laughs> uh, the, rea- the reality is not the same um as I kind of soon they, come to find out, they make it a bit more difficult than that, don't they? <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah. So after after I, after I finished uni, uh, 
I mean, my ten year, my ten years was kind of had four years left. You know, there was there wasn't a lot of time, but I'm a goal driven individual. You know, I set a goal, I go for it. Uh, um, uh, you know, also being an athlete, that's kind of my natural drive, right? I'm a competitor, so if I set something to myself, I compete against myself. Um, so I was like, okay, four years left. Um, okay, how can I do this? Um, so I really sat down, I reflected, and 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 I started from from the simplest thing, just getting the uh, the competency framework and just reading about the eligibility and how do you become chartered? And what is it that you got to do? I literally took it step by step. Um, I heard a lot of negative uh, 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 negative views that no, it's not possible for you to do it within. Within, a, within this time, you know, you need to be in the in the game for so long. You're not going to learn. You, you know, you need to demonstrate certain experiences. So, uh, you know, you have to at least 10 years, at least 15 years and all of this stuff. Um, uh, now, that wasn't, you know, that, could, that, that was a bit of disheartening, you know. But then I went back in and I started reading things. What's the eligibility? How can I do this? And I was like, okay, hold up a second. I can actually do this. Um so I did. Uh, I kind of pushed on. Uh, I had the support of uh, my mentor uh, from my, the, one of my organizations that I worked for, which were they were very helpful. Um, hmm. And uh, I managed to push it through. And uh, four years later, I think like a month or two months before my 10-year goal was supposed to be up, I uh, got a little present in the post. So. Wow. Well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you very and much. And so we actually Thank took you. you four years to get your uh, your um, chartership state status title. Yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I um, started 2015. I got chartered 2019. Wow. So out and of those 10 years, you could have done that sooner? Do you regret not starting sooner? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because... Um, Everything that my academic journey had a part to play. Yeah. Um, also, one of the things that I didn't mention. So, I also worked uh, during the summers. So, um, I'm also a farmer, believe it or not. Uh, it's something that uh, kind of run through my family. Um, so, every summer we go back home. I go back to Sudan and, then, and, um, and we used to work there. Having that experience played a massive impact on that and how I see the world and, and how I see things and the art of the possible, right? So, and not being defined by what other people will say, right? Um, it's almost that, you know, this is the bigger picture actually. Mm. So, um, no, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change uh, uh, the way my academic degree went. I wouldn't change the fact that, you know, I've, I've worked in the plantation three months a year, you know? Uh, so, absolutely not um, because all of that in addition to my career, my my working experience, um, made made it possible. Um, but it was achievable. I mean, I think, I, and I think that's my proudest moment. Um, uh, obviously, I had other things, but I think this is because for so long. Yeah. Right. Um, and some, you know, if anybody out there is listening, they know, like, when you set a goal for so long, it can be disheartening sometimes. You have moments where you just want to quit. I remember I had moments. I was like, okay, you know what? Forget this. You know, like, what's the point? you know in the end of the day so, but it, yeah it became a matter of principle then <laughs> what put you back on track saying no i don't want this anymore just drop it and then you just went back no so i have um i have a so i have like a little uh, note that i write to myself 
and I have um, and that I refer back to it when I when I'm down so because I recognize that there is ups and downs and um, I recognize that I will be moments where I will kind of be pushed down and I, I don't want to do it so I just kind of read that back to myself and remind myself uh, bring myself back into that state of mind where I was when I wrote that mm. so it's almost like me telling myself to you know you telling yourself off oh, yeah <laughs> pretty much I, um, and I had helped. something like that as well during my uh, my A-levels and my degree just yeah. a note that said uh, what do you have to do to make it happen which is uh, something my dad always says to me um, okay. and yeah it was just work hard get yeah. grind it out get it done no, that was the answer. And that's it. Hey ho, I'm here with an engineering degree, so something worked. Only one though. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- that's the whole point. So it's um, you know, and I know you can appreciate that because when you know, and now multiply that by ten years. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, you gotta sit exams. Oh my god. Uh, okay, I got a bad assignment. Oh. Or, uh, uh, I have to pass this, and or you know whatever is going on here, or you know your personal life, or all of this kind of stuff. So you have all of these ups and downs. So. You said you're quite an academic person. How do you feel, or how did you feel about exams and assignments? Because you just mentioned. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't a big. Uh, I wasn't a big fan uh, of exams, but I did them, right? So I wasn't scared of them, right? So. Um, Will you tell me? Uh, will I have a party? Uh, you know, when, the, when it's exam time? Absolutely not. Um, uh, but it was something that needed to be done. Uh, and for me, something that needs to be done, it gets done. Uh, it, it, it's there's so 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 yeah. I I I, I think um, yeah. For me, there weren't really any blockers. But as you as I got older, that really you know it's set in stone. But earlier on. You, you know, I didn't know what I was, I was just doing. I didn't know why. Um, I didn't know that I was a. Um, uh, I don't. Know, I didn't know I was a goal-driven individual. You kind of tend to learn that about yourself as you as you grow, as you as your mentors guide you, as you have people around you that uh, give you uh, feedback about you, tell you about yourself. Mm. So, um, so yeah. But for me, it was. I just realized that I was that kind of goal-driven individual, and the exam was sitting on the way. So. It just needed to get done. Right, just just taking it back a little bit, because that was there was a lot of information there. But I did hear a, a couple of nuggets that I want to dig deeper into. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The farm. Tell us about that. What do you grow? How big is it? Yeah. Um, so, well, it's fifty acres. Uh, it's in the heart of Sudan, um, and it's uh, we grow cucumbers. Uh, tomatoes. Um, we have mangoes. A uh, couple of thousand mango trees. Um, uh, oranges. Uh, whatever you name it. Um, you want to have a salad? Don't need to go to the store. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, just 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 go to the farm. Uh, you can literally have a full healthy meal there. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's it's everything. Um, but 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 I learned. One of the things I did learn doing that, um, and it really made me appreciate it, it's patience. Um, when you're growing something, uh, and I think that's something that we need to be very conscious about, 
nowadays where we're in a very fast-paced society where everything is like now 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 mm. um doing that uh it almost kind of brought it back to a time where it's like more of a natural and an organic um you know uh, uh you know what what's the word i'm looking for um uh organic progress right the slow uh, you know where patience is actually needed right for you to see something flourish right mm. um and i think uh, that really uh, instilled patience for me and uh and you actually see the most value when you actually are a bit patient um uh, it takes uh, depending on the different crop that you want to you want to plant um you can go from a couple of weeks from you see something right to mm. a couple of months a yeah. mango tree that's a couple of years yeah. before you see you, you before you see something uh cucumbers if you have a greenhouse that takes you a couple of weeks right but there's nothing like a day or half a day or two days so you see it so then you have to go away for a couple of weeks at least yeah. before you see something so um but then you see the beauty of it right so you get all of this you know product or vegetation or whatever you want, you want to call it um and then you you see the what, what they say the fruits of your labor right yeah and and it really made it really hits home because you hear that saying the fruits of your labor but if you never actually engaged in that kind of activity you don't necessarily appreciate it as much um so and that really that really hit home and that that came with me in every single place I've been to. Yeah, um, it's, it's good. It's a good skill to have. I remember at my previous job, we uh, we had a, every summer we had a sunflower competition. Okay. So who could grow, grow the tallest sunflower? I just want to, I want to put it out there. What year was it? Twenty twenty nineteen. I won. Um, okay. It was taller than me. I'm 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 sitting just under six foot, so it's quite there quite a, go. quite a good one. But yeah, I, to begin with, it I had nothing, um, yeah. and actually I had nothing because I planted my seeds too deep, mm-hmm. and so I I just had to wait. But it paid off, and I won. I'm just saying. Any anyone yeah. any of my ex colleagues that actually listen, um, there you go. I won. So so the other nugget I wanted to to get into was your athletics you said you're yes. an athlete yes are you are you a are you a team athlete are you a uh, I, I, I am or, or are you i am I think what the other, so what the opposite of a team athlete would be individual individual that's I, the word I would say, yeah um no i am so uh believe it or not I, I, I play quite a lot of sports so in my life what do i do I, I i was an athlete for as long as i remember um i started off playing football um I grew up playing football. Uh, Gaelic or f- actual soccer? I'll get to that, actually. Oh, okay. So, s- soccer first, because I'm in England, so I said yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, no, correct. Yeah. I just wanted to check, because yeah, yeah, there yeah. is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm listen, you know, kind of feeling my audience here. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I played, you know, I grew up with football, was soccer, because um, born in Saudi Arabia, that was the sport, and in Africa, that's the sport, right? Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, when I was in Ireland, I played, I continued playing football, uh, and then I played Gaelic, right? So uh, that was an experience. Um, 
uh, I loved it actually. Uh, I was the quickest one on the pitch, so wow. I added value there. Yeah, yeah. I was the quickest person, and yeah, so that, so that was quite that's quite good. Um, and then I stopped playing both Gaelic and football. Um, uh, and then I was doing athletics, so I used to run uh, cross country, uh, uh, sprints, all of, all of that, all that kind of jazz. And then I didn't really enjoy that that much. Um, and because I realized that actually I'm just running and I yeah. need to run uh, for me. Again, here's the goal driven individual. I needed something to run to. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then I found basketball um, and then basketball has been my sport ever since. I think it's been since 2009 wow. uh, or no, 2007. Uh, That's a lot of running. Right? That is a lot of running. Yeah. And, um, and I, I loved it uh, again. Uh, I think I was the quickest one on the court. Uh, so, that's something I loved. Um, but again, uh, having those different sports, what it, what they did when it came to basketball, they shape different muscles, right, in, in, in your body. So um, you become a bit more agile and uh, you have a different skill set when you come in. So that's, that's been my life. So now I'm, um, I play basketball, uh, you know, just as a hobby. Um, you know, I don't have the, <laughs> really the time to dedicate three days a week uh, and then games on weekends anymore <laughs> uh but some you know i will go back to it um and i play football every now and then um so that's kind of been uh so that, that, that wow. that's that's my athlete life it's a lot of sport it's a lot of sport um, yeah yeah do you think that's comparable to your um uh, just bring it back to engineering do you think that's comparable to all your degrees is that what we were I trying to so. achieve in the academic academic field I, I I think so. It kind of it, it it's almost like it's a reflection of who I am, I guess. A uh, reflection of my personality. Mm. Uh, I'm that kind of guy where um, I can get involved in anything. Uh, uh, you know, you can put me in something. I'll I just I just have to do it. Mm. Uh, you know, and and I'll and I'll get it done. Um, sports was the only thing that I uh, I just needed to exert my energy. I had a lot of energy when I was young. Right. And I still do, actually. Uh, right? I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> uh, right? So, um, but when I was younger, I was like, you know, a lot of energy. So, I needed to just kind of get that out. So, all of these sports was just natural for me. And just, it did, did, uh, I would do this one, and then I would go to this one, and then I would go to this one. And um, and then my other side of life was, like, you know, I had to study because you have to study because have to go to uni because you have to <laughs> get a job um so i think yeah naturally that w- that just kind of translated itself into into my academic life and and i was okay with it did you find it easy to balance your personal life and your academic life as a student um yeah um i did with that being said uh <laughs> for the first three four years uh all my life was was basketball and <laughs> uni so <laughs> i didn't have much of a i did uh, you know i didn't have much of a you know a, your typical student life um so but nonetheless i i didn't feel like i was missing out i was actually enjoying enjoying my lifestyle um and I, and I kind of had the good balance that I needed. Different so. people have different expectations of uni. You don't need to have the typical student life Absolutely. to have fun or to uh, have enjoyable time at uni. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for um, yeah, for the first three, four years, I was always like, 
Mohammed, you're always basketball and work. You're always basketball and See your priorities. Like, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but again, I had a goal. So, and, and believe me, uh, like, you know, from my experience, uh, sports play a ma- give a massive advantage to anybody who, or any team activity, actually. It's not necessarily just sports. Um, when it comes to the working world, I saw the benefit of it. Um, it just makes you more integrated when it comes to working as a team with people you really mm. understand how to deal with people you know you're you're not intimidated by others you're you know you're able to engage so it does it does have its values when it comes to the working world yeah brilliant thank you mohanad for your time uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing all your stories of which i don't think we've even scratched the surface um <laughs> but um you know, it's been a great lesson um, and I'm sure there's lots that people can take from, from this episode. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. And as always, uh, you know, talking about this kind of stuff, it's it's not the, it's not the easiest thing talking about yourself, I, I must admit, but um, it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to, that you guys invited me on the show. And uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engineering Stories podcast. We hope it's given you some insight into another area of engineering. If you're still here at this point, we must be doing something right. So stay tuned for the next guest. And in the meantime, share this episode with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe.